There's definitely an incubus in this house. John. Cat. John Cat. Hey everybody, and welcome to the John's Cast. I'm Benjamin. I'm Zachary, and this is the John's Cast, the number one podcast about John's. And today we have a special guest with us, Rami. Hi everyone, my name's Rami. Hi, it Rami. is. Hi, Zach. <laughs> Hi, Rami. Hi, fuck Zach. Fuck you, Rami. <laughs> Hi, Ben. <laughs> I was hoping you would say fuck you back. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> what? What vulgarity? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Benjamin. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. So, oh, so we'll just put me in the in one ear only. Have you and Zach in the other ear, and that way, if you want, like the PG version of this podcast. You just uh, <laughs> just pull that earbud out. Yeah, yeah, that's how it works. Benjamin is the heel of our podcast, and I'm the face, and uh, Rami is the crooked referee. I mean, he's... Yeah, is he the manager, or is he... He's, he's an unknown luchador. I'm the guy who, like, busts into the ring and just, like, slaps the Undertaker while he's doing something else. <laughs> Runs off. I'm not even in the wrestling show. I'm like a fan in the crowd. <laughs> Police are chasing me out of the stadium. They chase you into and out of the ring, set to like Benny Hill music. But like That's a metal good. version of Benny Hill with like oh, sweet yeah. guitars and stuff. Yeah. Wow, guys. That sounds like a great presentation. That sounds like a way more fun thing to watch than listening to our podcast, for instance. Um, so, Rami, since you're a first-time guest, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself through the uh, the medium of Johns? So tell us what Johns yeah, are wearing. Yeah, that's right, because this is, this, is this is a Johns cast. Yeah, tell us about your Johns you're wearing and, and uh, why you love Johns so much. Yeah, I am wearing some very cheap, like, Kohl's brand off-brand Black Johns. Uh, okay. I nice. always thought Black Johns were for dirty goths or nasty rock and roll boys. I was going to say, are, are goths known for their poor hygiene? I think so, depending on who you ask. The greasy hair, the I, I think, gum disease I, gingivitis. Like, I, 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 if you were like... Filthy punks or like greasy rock and roll boys, like I'd be like, yeah, yeah, that's part of it. I'm not wanting to get up in like Robert Smith's uh, armpits, you know. Have you even seen that guy's teeth? He barely brushes at all. He never flosses. Is he English? I feel like he's probably English. He's totally English. That's that's (laughs) not the gothiness that did that. Like that's a. Hey, hey, but hey. I, I always hated Black Johns, and then Ben was like, no, you should you should wear those, and then I did. That's and, Yeah, that's our relationship, mostly. I was like, you should buy those from Kohl's. <laughs> and then you two were friends forever. Um, the way I know you guys is a uh, long, long time ago, we all tried on the same pair of uh, tight Johns. At the we same did. time. We all took the 510 challenge. Uh-huh. And all of our voices were never the same. You know? <laughs> I mean, that's why I speak like this now. Uh, instead of the melodious bass I used to have. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we all used to sound like Keith Richards. Is... Oh, not Keith Richards. Keith David. <laughs> we sound like Keith Richards now. We all we all used to sound like um, like eighty year old Bob Dylan 
<laughs> but then we stop smoking five packs of Marlboro Reds a day. And now we um, sound like 20-year-old Bob Dylan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Great. So uh, Rami not only tried on those horrible pants with us at the time, but um, he also uh, lived with us uh, and was a college roommate of ours and good pal. And would frequently choke myself with your pants. I mean, uh, you know... We would hang out. My underwear, Rami, if you're going to bring it up, you got to be real. It's not my pants you I, were using. Yeah, I, mean, I would have punched you if you were putting my pants in your mouth. <laughs> underwear, like, whatever. But, like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you were also using the dirty ones, which I thought was, like, part of the cleaning process. Well, I mean, you can't just throw them dry into the washer. I mean... <laughs> you got to warm them up. you got to prep them. <laughs> Moisten them. Like, some people drop the little soap bomb into the washer. Let, you know, drop it in my mouth first. It's 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 like a pre-wash. Yeah. Goodbye, nascent audience. We'll miss you. <laughs> <laughs> I bet uh, this is what the people came for. Oh, oh I, think. I thought so, uh, yeah. I suspect it. Uh, that and uh, that in the, our beloved reviews section, which, I mean, I mean that is... That is the the gleaming jewel amongst the rough of the John's we, cast. Little known fact, we are the most trusted name in uh, John's reviews. It is. That's and I bet, I bet with Rami here, we'll have an even bigger audience after this episode. I do bring the audience to the yard. <laughs> it will be. We should definitely pump Rami's name in the, in the episode title. I'm, I'm very famous in the greater views. Waco area. Yeah. Well, we, we can add that to the pre-roll. I see. And the notes um, <laughs> that you're a, you're a celebrity. I bring the fundamentalist Baptist audience. <laughs> yeah, that, the captive that audience, because the, they're not allowed to the, leave. The, the, the cornerstone of, of the, like, John's cast listening audience is uh, rabbis and, uh, and conservative <laughs> fundamentalist Baptist. It's definitely uh, a thing I've noticed is here in Waco, people really don't care about their Johns. Like, it's all it's all khaki cargo shorts and, like, really thin kind of cotton, just plain shorts. No one wears, like, a nice, a nice you know, like, stonewashed John that's been, like, shrunk in the bathtub. <laughs> it's been chewed on a little. Yeah, like, no one's, no one's got their, you know, like, dick, like... Uh, faded into the fabric. No. That's so sad. Rami. How will I know where the dick is? Remember when you set me up to explain to Margaret about dick fades like last weekend? (laughs) Yeah, well, that was, it was because I was in Houston for the first time in a while and I was looking around and and everyone's got such nice pants on. You looked around, everybody's got fancy dick fades. (laughs) I could see (laughs) where everyone's dicks were. (laughs) Oh. Well, it sounds great. No ambiguity. Speaking of Johns, yeah, uh, I think I think Jerome Ellsworth has dug us up a new hot scoop about Johns. And special thanks uh, to not only Jerome but also uh, Zach's wife on this one. Yeah, uh, for finding this scoop. Yeah, thanks, Zach's wife. Uh, so this is the uh, Johns news section where. Uh, we look at an article about John's news, and in the stock... Are you sure this yeah. isn't the, like, segment explanation segment, uh, where we explain segments? It is No, not. we're explaining no. the explanation segment. This is the segment explanation explanation segment. 
Well, it is now. <laughs> derailed us. <laughs> so anyway, getting right back on those rails. Uh, yeah, so, uh, so we learn from our country's leadership, and we don't actually read the news. We just look at the article no. title in the pictures, and then we that's, talk about I, it. That's where the fake news gets in, is in the article. Yeah, the headline exactly. is the only uh, truth. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you, we stick, we stick to nothing but the truth here, and, and as how we interpret it. So uh, to, to prevent any, you know, like media mind control that might be happening, or like Facebook misclicks, or I don't have Facebook. I don't know what the fuck that shit is, but whatever. Like uh, I don't know what's going on in the world, but I know if I don't read the articles, then my brain can't be washed. And so we don't read the articles. We just look at the news and the pictures. And and the the titles and we explain them to you. Yeah, on the Johns cast, we don't wash our Johns or our brains. That's that's the policy. no, we don't. <laughs> Keep them raw. Keep them in the real. freezer. <laughs> Keep them in the freezer. <laughs> or as as came up in a previous episode, uh, you, you can look back look back in the catalog for if you want these sweet John tips. We actually had multiple episodes about this, about how to clean your Johns without getting fucking water on them and messing them all up. Johns are so, kind of like cast iron pans. You just rub them with a bit of salt. Well, I, I, I and think, a wire I think brush. I may need to go revisit this episode. <laughs> or maybe he's coming up with entirely new techniques. Or you just call me over and I'll lick them up for you. <laughs> I guess that involves water. Okay. As long as you, as long as you dry out your mouth first. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the article, the article. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, the news. Yeah, so it's hot off the press. This is from uh, the Hollywood HollywoodReporter.com. It's blue gold colon American jeans colon film review, and then colon colon. Uh, here's a picture in the pic- An article. Yeah. And the picture is like a jean jacket and some jeans, and they have like weird patches. Shit. Yeah. Like all over yeah. them. Like fifty percent weird shit on there. Yeah. Uh, these are definitely jeans, mm-hmm. which puts us a step above some of our previous entries. Mm-hmm. But are are the jackets Johns? The, I would say they're Johns jackets. Especially if, you know, like, there, you can get fancy, like, a lot of the same people who make, like, the very high-end Japanese denim and stuff make exceptionally expensive raw denim jackets. Might they be junkets? I think they're John's jackets. Oh. <laughs> so. I'm, I'm pretty sure they're not junkets. I think that's the ones you get from Kohl's. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so, uh. So I think this movie is actually a documentary about jeans, but I'm not allowed to know that since I didn't read the article. So I'm going considering to... our common definition of documentary. <laughs> is it a documentary regarding jeans, or you know, like, I mean, it uh, informa- could really go either way. An informative movie about them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, so the, what Rami's trying to ask here is: Is this a pornography? <laughs> Or is this a more, is this a less avant-garde, more traditional documentary? Um, well, so based on the pictures, I, I don't know. I wouldn't be into that. It could really I, go either way. It, yeah, that's like, true. <laughs> given modern perversions, like, it's hard to say 
Like well, they've got like leather bars. They could have like denim bars. They do. Like the denim denim being a sex thing is a is a subculture. Anyway, I'm quitting the podcast now. <laughs> Bye everybody. <laughs> denim daddies. Denim daddies, yeah man. We'd have to get in Lance on that. Ask ask if that that's gonna be a wild one whenever we have <laughs> we have Lance as a guest. So, uh, so I, I, being the more wholesome member of the cast, I'm going to assume that this movie is about a uh, a lonely pair of jeans who is separated from their owner uh, at Christmas, and then encountered some criminals and killed them, and then uh, went across the country, patching itself with all of its various uh, adventures, like tattoos. And then in the end, the owner saw those stupid patches and was like, I don't want to wear these anymore, and threw them in the so garbage. So they put it on a mannequin. Yeah, yeah, basically. In some kind of, like, sepia-toned ether. Yeah. It's... So, is this Steve Holt's jacket uh, from Arrested <laughs> Development? That's the question. Is this what happened to Steve Holt? What happened to Steve Holt is actually explained in the ex- Arrested <laughs> Development Expanded Universe. Good thing nobody watched that, because I'm sure... Yeah, was... <laughs> I sure didn't. Uh, is this the canon version of what happened? The one that doesn't involve Steve Holt. And Little Holt. And Big Holt. And the weird castle Darth Vader lives in. Oh, God. <laughs> Fun fact... Yeah. I've read exactly one um, expanded universe Star Wars novel. It was a children's novel. I read it in the second grade, mm-hmm. and it was about, like, corpse worms, and was, like, a weird horror novel. I think children. all expanded universe novels are for children. <laughs> I mean, Star Wars is for children. <laughs> this is, this is once again, uh, like, I'm not a Star Wars fan, but... Uh, the views expressed by Rami on this podcast are not necessarily <laughs> endorsed by this podcast. I don't know, like Star Wars is overrated, I think. I love Star um, Wars for being like It needs more Johns. It yeah. needs more Johns. I mean if Darth Vader had a suit made of denim instead of <laughs> like vibranium. I'm imagining the denim helmet. It's just like oh, the God. same but black denim and like floppy and all the metal like tidbits are just replaced with the uh Rivets, I think inst- I think instead of a helmet, if his suit was made of denim, they would actually leave his head bare and have a and give him like a mullet. Like the <laughs> like, like the a... mask would go all the way up to his forehead and just and like oh a mullet god, would they stick would do out. his hair for the top of the oh fuck that would be horrible. Yeah, why didn't you think of organic that? hair? Oh, that's like that's full JoJo where you combined the hat and the hair into one. Yeah. Hmm. Are you guys talking about hit new anime sensation JoJo's Bizarre Adventure? Yes. We are both real big JoJo fans. A mere 30 years ago, the greatest manga was ever (laughs) created. Guys, let me tell you... I that. Go on, man. Let me tell you about my JoJo experience. Hey, John's pals, there's a spoiler warning here for JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Season 1, apparently. 
If you don't want to hear it, skip ahead two minutes. So, Please do. So I don't watch much anime, but uh, sometimes when I'm visiting my uh, mom in Minnesota, I watch Cartoon Network at 3 a.m. Saturday mm-hmm. night or whenever you have to be up. So uh, so I had no idea what this was. In the first episode oh boy, I saw... did you find out quick. <laughs> yeah, the, the first episode I saw, there was this guy falling from a cliff, and he was talking oh, about... Oh, I know this episode. Yeah, how he had to cut off his head or else he was going to yeah. die. <laughs> this is arguably my favorite episode. <laughs> so Definitely he, my favorite moment. So he, he did. It was great. And then, uh, and the, just uh, he had to cut off his head to survive. Yeah, and then the main character was <laughs> celebrating, like they all did something great. And then he was on a ship to America, and the head killed him. And that was the episode. It's like that's the, so. What the heck is this? Play spoiler yeah. alert. Go ahead. That's the last episode of the first season. Oh, wow. And every season has a uh, different person in the bloodline. I think generally their grandchild. Yeah, it like skips the, a generation. The next season is in the 19th century. Homo always skips a generation. Yeah. That's why you'll notice that JoJo's dad was very small uh-huh. and like a normal human, <laughs> but his grandfather was gigantic, and so his son is a normal human, but his grandson <laughs> is a gigantic, uh, gigantic man. That, that makes um, sense. We should totally insert a uh, spoiler warning very briefly before that since it is the conclusion of like currently airing show um, whatever our, our audience already left when you were at talking about gene sex or it or maybe that really expanded the audience honestly like it expanded a lot of things if i'm going to be totally honest here on my couch Gross. So speaking of marketing, let's talk about today's video game. <laughs> say, yeah. That's... Speaking of the weird mask on these uh, pants, um, uh-huh. the game for this John's cast is Persona 5. You may have heard of it. You may have been waiting a decade for it. I was. <laughs> I was too, bro. I was too. Zach, how long were you waiting for Persona 5? Uh, about 10 minutes. Okay. Yeah. Was that the line of GameStop? For the, for the video, for the Let's Play to, to, to be uploaded? <laughs> guys, guys, guys. I gotta tell you something. Ben said that I should probably watch something of Persona 5 uh, in preparation mm-hmm. for this episode. But this week is Passover, so I got zero seconds of free time oh, to do anything. Oh, I forgot it was yeah. Passover. Yeah. <laughs> My bad. My bad. So, so I'm sorry. But That's cool. But what, well, yeah. I discussed this with Rami okay. earlier, and I was like, he was like, oh, here's this really good YouTube video explaining in depth the history of uh, the Persona series. And I was like, I want to watch this. It sounds awesome, but asymmetric amounts of information make for better podcasts so that we talk to each other and explain things to each other. Explaining that, not great podcast material. (laughs) Or maybe it is. Maybe it is. Guys, this is the... At least I was explaining it to Zach instead of lecturing as I... (laughs) Guys, guys, this is the part where we explain the explanation of our video game segment. It's the best part of the podcast. Well, we had asymmetrical knowledge about asymmetrical knowledge. 
Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like it, it nested right. It, it was it was itself. It nested so good. Zach, what do you want to know about Persona Five? Like, guys, start us off with a question. Guys, I'm the audience proxy. What what's a Persona? The audience has all already played like forty hours. Of Persona uh, yeah, oh. like, most of the audience has finished Persona Five. Oh, and they're on their like new game plus plus. Oh, so I'm the dumb baby proxy. Guys, what's Persona? Robbie? Persona is a uh, series of video games. Computer games. Okay, they're, they're PlayStation games. PlayStation computer entertainment system games? Yeah, okay. The PSP. <laughs> yes. are they, what else would you like to know? <laughs> are they 3D? How would you rate the graphics on a scale of 1 to 10? Oh, wait, wait. We, we, we aren't to the <laughs> review section. They're okay. definitely 3D. Yeah, and I actually want to talk a lot about the visual design. I planned on talking to Zach a whole lot about that. That's part of why I've tried to point him to the bits I will. But maybe okay. we can remedy some of this over the break. Um, okay. Because the main thing I wanted you to see was the visual design. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, so, guys, did you like this game? Oh, I don't know about you, Rami, but uh, I, my expectation level was extremely high. So Persona 4 is like often, and I think very rightly, regarded as one of the best JRPGs ever made, and certainly the best one of the PS2 era. It was a very late PS2 game. Like It came out when we were in college, didn't it? It came out like a year after the PS4, 3 came out, yeah. Like, I think it came out... My and your senior year of college. Zach. No, no, no. Okay. Uh, your like junior year. It was my freshman year. Okay, so it came out my first year. Yeah. At at uh, college, where I met you guys. Um, not my first year of college, but my first. The, it came out like right around because it came out second semester, I think, too, didn't it? It was the day before we left for winter break. Okay, so yeah, like it came out right right when I met you guys, basically. Um, I didn't play it. Uh, I was a Persona two and three fan, but um, not like a super fan like Rami is. Um, but a uh, big fan, and um, I didn't play four for a very long time though until I actually borrowed it from Rami, and then was just kind of totally blown away. Like, I really like 3, and 3 is the very sort of, like, ingenuitive one. It's one of the most interesting, systemically, of any JRPGs ever made. But it's also kind of like a caveman game at this point, compared to yeah, 4 and 5. Yeah, but four, 4, like, definitely follows the 3 formula, um, but improves upon it so much that it's, uh, I was, I was just stunned at how good it was, and just became obsessed with it. Let's kind of run down what the formula is. So, That's like, a great idea. Yeah, Persona 1 and 2 and 2 Part 2 are just pretty standard RPGs, as far as I can tell. I haven't actually played them myself. So but... they have... I, I, I've played the ones that came out in English. Uh, so the 2 Part 2. Um, like, I think they're all translated for iOS and other... Like, I don't think the Hitler one has been. Devices. I think it is. I think you can buy it on iOS. Um, well, shit. Maybe, it, maybe that's just the first one, and the Hitler one is missing in action. <laughs> um, one of the Persona games has Hitler as the main antagonist in like a really weird way, and they just refuse to release it in English for that reason. But um, so also like we should also just talk about Shin Megami, I think. So Shin Megami Tensei is a 
Um, starting in the NES, like hit Japanese horror JRPG series. Um, and the Persona games are a, they're also like, you collect monsters. They're very proto Pokemon. They're much older. Um, you like, the de- they're demons, and you, you fight these demons, um, but you fight them usually with other demons. Which in the history of exorcism and magic is, is pretty accurate and on point uh, how a lot of this happens. Um, so there is like mythological precedent for it as well, which is interesting. Almost all the demons and monsters and things are demons, monsters, gods, heroes, etc. from all kinds of mythologies from all over the world, like <laughs> Aboriginal Australian ones, Norse ones, everything, which is really cool. Is and, Gilgamesh uh, in it? He most definitely is. He takes time off from Final Fantasy to show up occasionally in, nice. a, in a Shin Megami Tensei. So the Persona games are like a PS1 era spinoff of them that's much less dungeon crawly. It's kind of made for babies. It, they're, they're hard by modern standards and even by then, but the Shin Megami games were famous for being like soul-crushingly like wizardry style hard. Um they had that same, yeah. like, first-person view, like, maze yeah. gameplay. They're, they're, they're maze games. <laughs> <laughs> it's a game where you solve a maze. And they, they're they very, very light on plot, also, the Shin Megami games are. Modern ones, it's kind of a different thing, but back, the, the classic ones were. Um, and they were, like, really hardcore dungeon crawlers. Um, the Persona games are a spinoff that emphasizes contemporary Japanese culture... Where they always they always take place in contemporary Japan. Um, the main characters are always high schoolers, and they're a lot about like grappling with personal relationships and social situations, as well as doing the like demon catching and fighting on your like off days. But it's it's a lot about juggling the mix of those and. Uh, they're still horror games, tend to be extremely dark in tone. Um, that varies somewhat from one to one. They're all definitely, like, solidly in the horror camp. And uh, they have a lot more story, a lot more social interaction, and are less hard. Um, weirdly, the Persona games took off humongously, both in Japan and even more so in the U.S., compared to the Shin Megami games, and um, are, like, radically more popular. Um, and sort of now the flagship series, even though they were originally a spinoff. I don't even know if they still say Shin Megami on the one. They used to say Shin Megami Tensei, like Persona 3, or something, to like let you know, but now that's so much, like, the Persona name is the recognizable one. Right, in Japan, the Shin Megami Tensei, like, uh, prefix was never actually on the Persona games, they just added that when Persona 1 came out in America. Oh, really? I to didn't give it, that. Yeah, to give it a brand to identify with, because... Persona isn't really something that, like, the average baby at Walmart is going to pick up. But, you know, the the really smart baby will see Shin Megami Tensei. And be like, fuck, man, I love demons and soul-destroyingly hard-boring games. This sounds perfect. Yeah. So, so are you saying that uh, Persona is the modern warfare of Shin Megami Tensei? That actually, I think, is a pretty apt description. I would say yes. I would okay. just, uh, <laughs> um, and I much like uh, I think that Call of Duty Modern Warfare One is a much much better game than previous Call of Duties, 
even though I'm not a COD blopsman, <laughs> never have been, nor have I ever owned any uh, Call of Duty before. I've played a number of them, and uh, you know, finished the campaigns of several of them, and and played multiplayer of several of them. Uh, it, it, never competitively or seriously. It would be like if Mario Two just like went off and had its own series. That's also like a good like Mario Three sort of did that like. The Mario series was not that solid about what it was. Like, it had been radically changing in every iteration, and then, like, the one with this world map with, like, the levels divided up that way and stuff was, like, ended up being the one that kind of stuck. And for good reason. It's fantastic. Like, the Shin Megami games also have other spin-off series. Yeah, um, they all... There's all sorts of gameplay types that uh, get spun off. They all have the same themes. They all have demons. Yeah, they're, they're all demons. They're all horror... Um, but they are very, like, they're really variable in sort of, like, tone and intensity and, like, how dungeon-crawly they are. How, like, Persona is the story one. And it's, like, the dating sim one and, like, the, you know, like, at least probably more than half the game is about, like, managing your social life and, like, finding out these stories about people and, like, building relationships with people and, like, trying to manage basically being kind of like a superhero and trying to also like not have people find out and not get kicked out of school and stuff while trying to manage all these things like not fail your test but can you study when you also have to fight demons all the time and you're like choosing how to spend your hours and stuff all the time that's hugely important across sort of all vectors do you as the player have to study for the tests yes wow yeah, they ask you and, questions that you would have no idea and, what they were. <laughs> and you are asked questions when you are taking the exams that are just actual questions. And you have to just answer them. And if you get them wrong, your guy gets them wrong in the test and it, like, fucks up your shit. And they're frequently, nice. like, questions about modern Japanese government, like, in the <laughs> civics like, class. I don't know. Like, the ones, like, I have a quite thorough, like, uh, liberal arts education. So, like, I can do ones that are about like, liberal artsy stuff, but as soon as it shifts into, like, Japanese culture or history, I'm just like, fuck. <laughs> Miyamoto Sashi. I, I, I read both his book and uh, the famous novel about him, but only one question in Persona 4, I think, was, was about Musashi, <laughs> and I maybe got that one right. There was a question recently in my game that was like, uh, if you have a bunch of polygons next to each other, mm. how many colors would it take to color all, I remember that all the polygons without having the same wrong. color next to each other? Four. Um, four. The answer That's is four, answer. apparently. <laughs> That's the answer. I got it wrong. Well, gee, guys, all you need to do is take basic graph theory. See? Like, it's very eclectic. And, like, the question before that is about, like, the history of Confucian, like, um... Like government positions, uh, which I probably also got wrong. <laughs> <laughs> the first question in Persona Five, at least for me, I don't know if they're randomized at all. I don't think they are. I don't think I'm they not are. Sure, uh, was about Socrates, and I knocked that one out of the park. Nice. So <laughs> the funny thing about Persona games is when you answer questions properly in class, your popularity goes up, which is just the exact opposite of how it goes in America. <laughs> yeah, I, I find that shocking and appalling, and the students are like, man, this guy must be really smart. He must be cool. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> 
no one pelts you with like a tomato. <laughs> they just had a tomato in class. That's never happened so to me pers- in real life or anything. Like, Persona Five, and this is a thing I do want to talk about. Zach, let's let's we should say more of that for the second half. Zach, why don't you keep asking questions as like describe the game more generally? I think this is actually probably really good. Okay, um, what's the fighting like? The fighting is really good. I think it's turn-based JRPG fighting. Um, you have four party members, um, and they have a persona mm-hmm. as as well. That's like your your like a demon friend. Pokemon. Okay. Um, it's your Pokemon. Everyone else in the game only has one that they're like born with. Most people have none. Like you have to be a special kind of man or lady to have one. Some okay. kind of uber mensch. Yeah, so sort of like. <laughs> Uber mention individual, um, and uh, you, so you fight with just like regular weapons because it is like a very dark, gritty thing. So you're just like shooting them with guns and like hitting them with like swords and hammers and stuff. And because this is in Japan, it's like hard to get weapons. Okay. Um, and your high schoolers, which also is a problem. It's like <laughs> setting up connections to be able to get illegal weapons is like an important part of the plot. Um, Walking into the electronics store with a broadsword in your pant leg. <laughs> I mean, it, she's wearing bulky jaws. Yeah. <laughs> they thought it was my third leg. But basically, <laughs> managing managing sword. persona and enemy weaknesses and strengths is a huge part of it. So, like in Pokemon, it's mostly about like getting your one hit kills from your your enemy uh, elemental types. In this, if you hit somebody's weakness or someone hits yours, and things often have multiple, including your people, you uh, that you get an extra attack, and that person loses a turn. And that means, like, if the enemy like goes first because they have higher speed, and they just do a combo of things you're weak against, you can literally die without getting a turn and game over. You don't get to restart battles; you get to load your last save point, and saves are scarce. This is despite being the easy Shin Megami Tensei games. These are silk, soul crushingly. <laughs> there are also an abundance of status effects and instant death spells. Yeah, um, instant death spells will appear in the first dungeon, and there's ones that can be applied to your whole party. And if it just happens to hit your whole party, game over. You can. Do or even just your last. one main character. If your main character. Yeah, goes oh yeah, down. I forgot. If your main guy dies at all, ever, even for a second, it's not like everybody else you can just revive them even in battle, if you have the items or spells or whatever, you just insta-game over. And that might be two hours of play or something you get to do again. (laughs) But you want to because it's fun, right? Yes, it's fun. Uh, (laughs) Losing is fun. (laughs) No, losing is horrible in this, um, but the game was really fun. It has gotten much more forgiving. It used to be that you couldn't control (laughs) your super smart AI companions. Yeah, you would, like, set their AI most clumsily. (laughs) Now you can control them. You could do that in 4, too, as well, right? Yeah, and in the portable version of 3. So like mostly, three? so we're missing out on the really big, like most important part of combat, and that's screaming the name of your persona <laughs> and or attack, which has really gotten really egregious in this fifth entry in the series. It used to be that you would scream out the name of the attack when you executed it. Now, when you go into the menu for your persona, you yell persona, <laughs> and then persona! when you uh, choose the attack you want to use, he yells go persona. <laughs> so. The whole game is is also in all of the Persona games, even their title is, are explicitly based on Jungian depth psychology. 
because that's where the term persona, as it's being used in this, even comes from. You know, it talks about the... Like, and it's much more explicit in this one even than previous ones. Um, I don't, it got pretty explicit in the first two. So spoilers for the endings of... Uh, or I don't mean the first two, but like three and four. Um, the final bosses of three and four are both explicitly reference uh, mankind's like collective death wish. Oh, cool. Yeah. Like, in fact, the this final one, boss like, really in three is the collective death wish. <laughs> I, I, that's, like, that's cool. Like, and it actually knows it's shit also. Like... Also, all the all the like social links and characters you meet and like build the relationships or don't like you know they're things you have to manage your time with. They have huge effects in battles and in the story and all kinds of things if you do them. Um, but like all that stuff is uh, based on the Rider Waite tarot deck, and like it very much knows its like um, symbolic correspondences with that, which Jung was very interested in. In, in the, the right away tarot as well, so it, it's very much of a piece, but it's always this you know like occult horror thing based on on Jungian deck psychology, and um, like you know like you just go into and explicitly talk about in the terms of like the collective unconscious and stuff by like five hours into this. Uh, um, so just real quick, what is a Jungian persona? Oh boy! Um, Real quick, Ben. Five seconds. I don't think I can do this. <laughs> I I'm gonna to... need a break to collect my thoughts first. I'm gonna do it real quick. All right. Let's do like a long ramble. Okay. Um, are we about break time, anyways? Is this? Uh, we could. We're forty minutes in. Yeah. Let's let's just break it here. Let's let's uh let's break it. All right. And uh, come back. Persona. Persona. Go! Persona! 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 Persona. That's the tip of your persona as a bear. Welcome back to the John's Cast, the number one podcast about John's. Like, subscribe, tell your friends, download, uh, rate us on iTunes. Send an email to thejohnscast at gmail.com, but without the the... Anyway, hi guys. <laughs> Just send an email to johnscast at gmail.com. That's what I meant, yes. Yeah. Send so, Zach, I hear you uh, got bamboozled. <laughs> I did. Yes, let me tell you my history with auto maintenance. So, uh, <laughs> so in college... Long and sorry. My long and sad story. So, in college, I had a car, and I had to get the oil change once. So I went to uh, some franchise place, I forget which one, and I uh, asked them to change my oil, and they ended up convincing me that I also had to change, I think, my transmission fluid or something? Anyway. I oh, yeah, they love that. Yeah. Anyway, I got ripped off, and, uh, <laughs> of course, and, like, I remember my mom telling me, I've never heard of anyone having to change that. Why did you buy that? So, flushing your transmission fluid is a thing yeah. that should be done, like, once every 100,000 miles or something crazy like that. Okay. Um, your average, like, oil change trip probably won't need, like, you won't need to do it then. Yeah. So, I don't know, maybe maybe you weren't super ripped off, maybe you were just a little ripped off. <laughs> should have asked you, Rami. So, uh, so the next time my, uh, my oil change came around, I was all scared, so uh, I asked Benjamin to come with me, because I figured that then I wouldn't get ripped off as much. 
So, uh, and I was going to go to a different place, right? So I, uh, I Googled around, I yelped, and I, I brought Benjamin in the car, and then we, uh, we drove to the oil change place. And first of all, it was the exact same place they ripped me off before. <laughs> <laughs> And then, uh, and then they ripped me off again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess we gotta flush it. We gotta flush it. Yeah, we'll flush it. <laughs> I have a similar story that I, not my story. Uh, a coworker of mine, yeah. uh, something broke in his car, and he took a it friend. to the mechanic. And um, he, the guy, the mechanic was like, "Yeah, the the coils busted. You gotta fix that. Their coil, the eight hundred dollars." And uh, when I heard this, I was like, I need you to explain me exactly what that guy said. Like, he, And my coworker just could not. The coils busted. I'm like, jeez. <laughs> you got you to gotta have those coils intact. You know, man, you don't want a busted, busted coil. Yeah. And, uh, and so then what made me think of this is yesterday my wife needed to get her oil changed. So I went and drove the car over while she was doing something else. And uh, and they wanted to charge me a thousand dollars for all the different things they were doing to the car. I uh, I I was stalwart, and I got them down to only two hundred dollars for my oil change. So is that a new is that a new high score for an oil change? For might be you? a new record. And uh, and the big thing was that her uh, her front brake pads needed to be replaced, and they do. Like they actually took them out and showed them to me, and it was like, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. That's convincing. But uh, the problem is that most places will do that for way cheaper than any like big chain auto place. Yeah. Brake pads are like they they're so cheap that if you get them at a place one time, they'll usually replace them for free the next time. Yeah, and that's what they offered to do, but uh, but so anyway, <laughs> so anyway, I called my wife and she told me, no, don't do that. That's stupid. <laughs> so I did, <laughs> and and, uh, and then I I talked to one of her uh, friends today, and he said, yeah, that should cost fifty bucks. Just buy some brake pads, bring it over. I'll help you change them. So I'm I feel very emasculated. Really, really very sad. I hate cars. I hate everything. Yeah. yeah. I, you lived car-free for a long time in Chicago. Yeah, it was nice. I have the but opposite story. Uh, the auto place here in Waco... They just offered you, like, $2,000. No, they, they really don't want my money. Like, I walk in at, like, 8 in the morning, like, as soon as they open, and I'm like, I need a simple oil change. It will take you, like, 10 minutes. I'll give you more money than it's worth. And they're like, nah, we're really busy. We're never gonna get to it. I, it's impossible. This is impossible. And I'm like, take two hundred dollars and some oil and just never come back. I'm like, are you sure? You sure you don't want my money? Like, it's really easy to do this. And they're like, it'll be several hundreds of hours before we get to your car. But you can leave your car and your keys. And I'm like, for for like the next two months. Yeah, for the next like, for like, you can come back next year and get your car, is what they say. And I usually come with someone, and then they take me away, and like, I just got my car back from last year's oil change. Um, It's about due for another one. Okay, so uh, I'll I'll take that as a lesson. Next time I need to get my oil changed, I'll go to Waco. Go to Waco. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Go to Waco, and they won't even. They'll be like, "Fuck no." (laughs) 
Go home. Big oil change. Ripping us off. <laughs> stupid big. Two hundred dollars. Stupid big oil change. Big big brake pad. <laughs> Constantly making us get new brake pads. Man, this can. I'm sure this can be solved either with fewer or more laws. One of the two will, will surely help. <laughs> So anyway, speaking of fewer or more laws, I uh, I watched the Persona video that Ben sent. It's pretty sweet. So so guys, let's let's. Uh, oh, I was supposed to tell you what a what a Jungian Persona is. Oh yeah, very quickly. Yeah, what's that? Man? Um, so it it more or less maps onto like the uh, Freudian conception of the ego. Like it's not exactly the same. That's a that's a fast and loose comparison. Um, we're going fast and loose here today. Mm-hmm. This is not a lecture. Um, so the the persona is it means like it's Latin for mask. Okay. And um, it's, it's a term and concept largely derived from Nietzsche, who uh, both Freud and Jung were super into. Jung so much to the point that he uh, almost considered becoming a Nietzsche scholar instead of a psychiatrist. Um, huh. And uses like the id, for instance, uh, in Freud is a term. Borrowed from Nietzsche. We'll, we'll say borrowed. Um, <laughs> so what is it? That it's 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 the mask. It's a mask a person y- you exist in. Like it both describes like what you and other people normally conceive of being the self. But Jung would tell you that's not like the true self. That's basically a mask you wear, and so it has to do with like the way you act and feel and present yourself. Um, is is the it is the person you are. I mean, it's, person is derived, I believe, from persona, and that in itself is once again a reference to a mask. So. Oh, that's really interesting. Um, in this game, you summon your persona by ripping a mask that's attached to your face and just as part of your face because it, it puts blood everywhere, and you're ripping your face off. Um, every time you summon a persona. Gross. Yeah, in Persona Six, they're actually going to change it. Um, instead of a mask, you're going to have nipple pasties, and you rip them right mm. off. That's got to get raw quick because I blood use blood going everywhere. <laughs> personas come out of your your man boobs. In Persona Three, your guys summon their persona by putting a pistol to their head and then killing themselves. Oh, that's that's nice. In four, you throw a card. Yeah, that's kind of lame. Yeah. Lame. Persona 4 is famously the happy one, and 3 is famously the, like, extremely nihilistic one. (laughs) So, like... Yeah, like I mentioned before, the final boss is death, and the, uh, the expansion pack's final boss is humanity's collective call to death to come get them. Which is named by Freud, Thanatos. The Death Drive. Yeah, in the game huh. it's Erebus. Thanatos is already taken as a persona. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know Erebus. That may be that may be a Jung thing, or that may just be a fuck we already did Thanatos. Yeah, it may be some <laughs> other mythology. And they did a little bit of shuffling, like they had to change Satan and Lucifer around. Lucy. Both personas. Jesus is also a persona. Yeah. What arcana is Jesus? Judgment? Jesus, I think, yeah, is judgment. Because I'm sure Satan and Lucifer are devil. Arcana. Satan is devil, but I think Lucifer is judgment also. Or maybe star. 
Okay, Star it, is fine. In fact, I think like Lucifer is the ultimate. Well, Hillel in the expansion pack is Star. Lucifer ends up being Judgment because Lucifer gets added um, in the expansion mm-hmm. pack. I preferred the original, the original Satan. <laughs> The one that walks back and forth and up and down across the world? Yeah, he's pretty cool. None of this diet Satan. <laughs> Original recipe only. Dip, dip, Satan. It's the best one. Uh, yeah, so anyway, uh, this game has super cool visual design. Like, a uh, very strong aesthetic. It's cel-shaded, so it'll look good forever. Um, it's uh, it's really cool how the interface actually looks like it's part of the game, which I think is something that Ben was trying to point out. Like, uh, and it does at all points yeah. in the game, like even in dialogue menus, even in like the pause screen, and it looks different in each one. But like, the game never ever leaves this aesthetic at any point, even in like the options. Or something. That is, like, that is super cool. So, uh, so what do you guys think the uh, the main contribution of Persona Five is over Persona Four? Why don't you kick this off, Rami? I got two. Um, probably the aesthetics are the big one. Is the big one. Um, Persona Four was stylish, but not in the way that. Five is. I mean, Five's had, like we said, ten years to stew, um, and it just looks so much better. It's running on like a totally different engine uh, on a like two generations of hardware later. And it, like uh, for me, it's running on one generation of hardware later. Uh, <laughs> Rami's playing the PS4 version. I bought a PlayStation Three from Rami just to play this game. Nice. Um, which made it a very. It made it a hundred and eighty dollar game. But uh, it feels worth it. Um, and I also am just enjoying the PS3 in general. But, uh, Have you guys tried like, Flow? It's pretty cool. Rami has. I played it, and when we all lived together, I played Flow one time uh, <laughs> in the dorm room. It's actually still on that PS3 that you've got there. Nice. It is. I've never played it since I've had it, since it's become my PS3. But uh, I played it once. But, but really, mechanically, it's not super different. I mean, there's tweaks here and there. Like, you can you can converse with the monsters again uh, in a way that Persona 3 and 4 had, had dropped for a while. Um, yeah, so you you acquired those Pokemons by other more tarot-related means that were easier. But in all the Shin Megamis that I've ever played, I don't know about the first one, the NES one. I think this is basically how every Shin Megami goes. Um, you have to, like, convince the persona. You have to convince the demon to join you in each case. So your main guy can have, like, a bunch of personas and change them because he's the avatar of the fool arcana, the uh, zero trump card in um, in the right away deck. And that's, like, the wild card. Okay. So um, he, can, he can swap between them and have multiple of them. Uh, everybody else is, like, locked into one. Um, and they have other different powers, but um, you have definitely the best one <laughs> being able to change them. Um, but mostly, but you, you you wait for a new Persona game because of all of the new like waifus and husbandos that they can come up with over the course of ten years, which we will get to next. But uh, what 
do you so do you think the aesthetics are the main contribution of this game? Because I totally agree with it's that. It's definitely, I think, the most striking difference between the last generation and the new one. For like being a totally new engine and it feels and looks like it, the gameplay is largely the same. Like it's definitely still an evolution of three, which is where the, the series really changed. Like my two picks would be the aesthetics, number one. And like I'm gonna go out on a limb here and I say I think this is my favorite looking game I've ever played. Honestly, I was totally blown away. Like it was so preaching to my choir, and you don't expect like a JRPG to be like. I love JRPGs, but I play a lot of other kinds of games too, and like I don't expect to be blown away visually by a JRPG. And I think this is some. I think this just may be. I can't come up with a counterexample. The best like visual design I've ever seen in a video game. It really helps that the user interface is extremely stream, extremely well streamlined. You don't spend a lot of time in menus futzing with stats and little details. Which you used to do a lot of. Yeah. Um, so that actually is my second um, point, is that I desperately hope this is true. It certainly should be. That this becomes the new industry standard for, like... In, in JRPGs or RPGs of any flavor of like quality of life improvements and like how enjoyable they are to play by just like these menus, everything works like exactly like you want it to. You don't even have to go into a pause screen or anything to heal your party after a battle. Sit square, which just crunches the numbers, does the most cost efficient way possible to heal your party and instantly does it in a quarter second with no menus, just pressing square as you're running around. And, like, it still costs you those items. It still costs you, like, the mana and everything. Like, but, um, you just don't have to, after every battle, fuck around in the menu and heal everybody. Or, like me, don't, because that's boring. <laughs> die in battle. That's super cool. But just, like, everything works that way. And, it, like, it keeps, like, it... It reminds you of things. Like it's got a very nice built-in calendar that tells you where people are. Like you can fast travel to like any place you've ever been before and entered um, at a moment's notice. Like you get text messages. Like cell phones are a very big part of this game, and like you get text messages from like your friends all the time and stuff, and like inviting you to do things. So instead of like you get the message, then you have to remember to do it, then you have to go do it at the appropriate time. You just can, in the menu, when you get the message, you're like, ah, I'll decide later, no, or yes, right now, and it'll just lock that into your schedule and, like, automatically just take you there. Oh, that's super and, cool. And then you just start doing it. Like, everything works like that. It's just, like, everything works the way everything should have forever, <laughs> but these are huge innovations in, like, the user experience that I've never seen anything like that before. All right. And I really, really hope this becomes an industry standard of, like, how shit ought to work, because... Like Rami was saying earlier, like those games feel like unplayable caveman games comparatively because it's just so chunky by comparison. In Persona 3, you can't even see what a spell does. So Shin Megami Tensei games all have very idiosyncratic spell names, spell and ability names. So like yes, the ice is do. called Bufu, fire is Agi. Agi, yeah. <laughs> um, and so if you don't know what those are beforehand, they just have like a little spell icon next to them. And in 3, and I think maybe 4, there was no way, aside from, like, buying the skill and then using it in combat, to know what that did. Memorizing what it did. Yeah. Your guy may have, like, 30 skills. 
Like, but in this one, you can look at that. <laughs> you just, you just when you're when you're picking it. Also, it inherently remembers what every person that you've discovered. Like it doesn't tell you before you do it. But like every enemy in the game ever, it remembers like the effectiveness of any attack you've ever performed on them, and so it'll just like tell you whether they're weak against it or resist it or not before you pick it. You don't have to go into any menus or look at it. It'll just like let you know if that's a, a thing your character has discovered. And, like, when you're, like, switching party members, it'll just, like, default to the person that uh, is, like, most effective against that enemy if it knows, like, if you've discovered who's most effective against that enemy. Like, whenever you heal somebody, like, it auto-defaults to the person with the lowest health, like, just in battle. Just puts the cursor of it. You can change it, you can do it over whoever, but just, like, oh my god, these quality of life improve, like, these tiny things make the experience so much better. That is super cool. Alright, so let's talk about uh, what everybody's been waiting for, and then we'll take a break. So, Husbandos? Uh-huh. Husbandos. So I Rami, just... Rami and I have been dying to talk about this for a long time, <laughs> but we've been saving it for the cast. Okay. I just got the pure Husbando in my game oh, uh, just right. today. So, so I, I have a feeling there's gonna be there's gonna be some synchronicities here, mm-hmm. and I know I know there's gonna be some like Zach, feel free to charm chime in. Why don't we're going? Why don't you uh, do some some live googling of like Persona Five characters, pick out some of your own. Okay. Uh, so Ooh, can I, questions, can, Rami. We're gonna go for it. Can I ship some guys? What? Can I can do some shipping? Oh, we're about to ship some guys. Right. Oh, yeah. So that's, a, that's a perfect new final question. My plans was to ask, like, best husbando, best waifu, worst waifu, worst husbando, and uh, now now your top ship. All right, so best sweet. husbando, definitely the sensitive artist. Dude, I 100% agreement. Best husbando... Dude, when you see, like, I'm a huge Goemon fan, and, like, when that was his persona, like, my boner just couldn't get any harder, and then it, it did. <laughs> Do you, his weapon is a fucking opium pipe. It's pretty cool. He's and just he, so soft. He's he's so sensitive, but he's also very hard, too. Yeah, he straight up asked that lady. He's like, you gotta get naked from art. Also, he's gay in like the coolest way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he hates those nasty ladies, like we all should. Remember when you when so like one of the main female characters in the game, the one the first one in your party, um, and the only one I've met so thus far. But like from looking at the art book and stuff, like I know actually I think maybe all of the rest of the characters that join you and there's a bunch are um, female of like. Not people you meet and interact with. Like, there's very, very main characters that don't go into battles because they don't have personas. But, like, they're, they're huge parts of the plot. So, of people that, like, battle with you, I think all the rest are ladies. Um, but the one, the one, the first one you get, and it's the first character, I guess the second character you recruit, essentially, mm-hmm. um, she is, like, a high schooler and, like, part-time model and is, like, treated very, very badly... Uh, by other other kids in school because of this and it's sort of a, a social reject. Um, and 
God, I started to ramble that I don't I don't remember why I was talking about. Oh no, we're probably going to talk about how nasty she is. Oh, I remember now. Um, is that like so when you, the the artist's guy he wants to um, what is his name? I feel bad. Like Yusuke, like Yu Yu Hakusho. Yeah. Oh yeah, because he's he's also famed husbando Yusuke. Uh, he uh, he's like he wants to do this nude painting of her to like recreate this famous painting of but just of her instead of the original lady that like inspired him to become an artist and um, like you and and the rest of your team like convince her to like pretend to go along with it when she's like really horrified <laughs> and freaked out and doesn't want to to like get you into the building because your guys are thieves um, and he has like this crisis of conscience because he's like he has to see this lady naked. That's really upsetting him. <laughs> they keep telling him it's like it's it's for the art. I have to do it for the art. <laughs> like when she's taking off her like twenty layers of clothing that she wore there, which is actually a really comical moment that I'm spoiling. It is, it is this 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 game is actually pretty fucking funny sometimes, which I did not expect. I don't want to think about how many fetishists like saw the really fat inflated. Oh, God. Uh, version oh, of that no. lady? I just... I, as soon as I saw that cat in, like, cartoon mode, I just... I could feel horrible people. I mean, maybe they're not horrible people. I could feel people in a way that horrifies me, like, <laughs> masturbating furiously to it. Especially how it has, like, a big old crush on that lady. Yeah. Yeah. The cat... The cat really wants to fuck the lady... Lady really wants to fuck the sensitive artist, and the sensitive artist is really sad because he's gay. <laughs> um, <laughs> and and your guy is not. So like, I want, I, I really wanted to date him, but um, you, you can't, can't, you can't be gay in this game, which is really un- unfortunate. But it is Japanese. It's a Japanese game. They're not. The Persona games are famous for um, really taking up like childhood sexuality. Um, sort of, you know, alternative sexualities and stuff is very serious core subject matter, and oftentimes, in retrospect, it looks handled clumsily, which I will certainly admit, but, like, it's very earnest, and for the times they were coming out, especially in Japan, they're, like, way, way, way ahead of the curve. Four gets very close to having an actual transgender person um, and almost treats that that kind of uh, issue with her, with her character, with like respect, doesn't yeah, and quite like, hit it, <laughs> but it, it gets quite close. hit it. And you know, like the gay dungeon in Persona Four has some has some big problems, certainly. But at the same time, like if you look at what 2007 Japan's reception, and no other game was dealing with that stuff, stuff anyway. Like it's a it's clumsy so far execution, ahead of, like a Mass Effect or something. Now, yeah. even honestly, like. That's always been a big, been a big part of the Persona series, um, and I'm glad that's the case. I think that's cool. So that's the best husbando. Who's the best waifu then? Best waifu, no hesitation. I thought I was done with waifus, but then then I met the Death Arcana Doctor. <laughs> Holy shit! Apparently, you can date her, even though she's a doctor and you're a high school student. I thought you were going to say the mean teacher. Uh, so 
I, I don't want to spoil anything, but um, the mean teacher has a fascinating twist in uh, further in than you are. Because um, I haven't gotten to the point where you can pay her fi- like fifty dollars a day to like do your laundry or something. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I haven't gotten to that point either. Oh, she's um, like an extortionist, and she'll do your chores for you. That's interesting. I mean, I can understand how that makes sense because I know what happens. Um, it's definitely one of the most mature, like, interesting social situations I've ever seen in a video game. I'm sad you know that because it's, it's like, not knowing coming in. Like, that moment is really crazy. Like, I, just I honestly wish... think it'll land. It's really well written. I want someone to pay me that money to do, like, a load of laundry. <laughs> 50 cents? If it's 50 yen, like... <laughs> yeah, the yen conversion, I'm not super, uh, not super knowledgeable about. <laughs> so who's your waifu pick? Mine, like, without a doubt, zero hesitation, depressed punk rock illicit doctor. Back alley doctor, for sure. So cool. I'm gonna have to agree, I mean, the one lady character you get in your party uh, at the point that we're at is pretty good. But just several of the ladies you've met thus far are dateable, um, because this game's all about dating people that are like adults when you're fifteen. <laughs> but uh, you like oh, that doctor. So, so what who... do you have against Panther other than her horrible name? Oh uh, yeah, I do hate that. I think she's just kind of a normal lady. She doesn't really stick out. Have you done her social link at all? A little bit. I've gotten to the one where you uh, have to insult her the right way to get the points, to get personality points. (laughs) Got a gamer, bro. Got a a negger. You have to neg this character to get, like, to get benefits in battle. It's it's weird. (laughs) Uh, I've only done her first one. I I do quite like her, actually. Um, I really do not like her name, Panther. Her reaction to her waking up with that suit on really charmed me. I thought that was very appropriate and funny. Whenever you run, whenever you crawl through vents in the dungeons, uh, whichever order your party like crawls in, the middle person will always make a comment about someone staring at their ass. Yeah, it's not always her. <laughs> no, no, it's just what order you set them in. Ryuji is probably the funniest one I've heard. Um... But definitely the worst waifu. Hmm. Yeah, worst. Let's just so this doesn't go on forever. Let's just do worst character that would be like considered. Oh, I know who your worst character. I want you to choose someone other than the poor cat because I really don't. I'm gonna. I get to do my pick. This is not just for you. It's for the audience. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me how you hate the cat. The cat is obviously the worst character. So I hate a mascot as such. Um, I don't want any weird comical animal people on in my horror game bar none. I hate Teddy so much. What a horrible fucking character. Teddy is a fucking teddy bear from Persona 4 that's retarded and like dupes around. He squeaks when he walks and he yells bear Sona. It makes me want to shoot myself whenever he's on screen. Uh, well there's a new one and it's the cat. Uh... <laughs> The ambiguously gendered uh, cat 
named Morgana that claims to be a boy and also claims to have the name Morgana. So I guess I assume that's true. <laughs> it's weird. And it's a, it's a cat, and when it's being a cat, it's fine. But the problem is, is it's never being a cat. It's like this weird, bipedal, two-dimensional, like, super cutesy garbage disaster that says stupid stuff and, like, jizzes all over himself anytime you find treasure. It's awful and horrible. It has great heels. The second boss fucked me so hard that I had to put the cat back on the team. That will be stopped soon. <laughs> as soon as I can get some better heals on somebody else, the cat is fucking gone again. I hate the cat. I feel like the mascots ruin the Persona games and are just the worst part of it. How do you feel about the fact that whenever he goes meow <laughs> in Japanese, he's probably going nyan, 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 nyan. <laughs> Even worse. Good. I'm glad I could tell you that. I think my least favorite character... So I have two least favorite characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to choose two because one of them I know you're supposed to like get a little closer to and, and he's supposed to get nicer, but I really hate the mean dad. The mean dad is so good, dude. He's so mean. He just like He's only mean at the beginning, dude. It's like get get three or four points in your thing and like you'll be bros. Yeah, I'm not quite there yet. He really comes around to the point where he like starts worrying about you and like uh, you you become bros. He's a he's a how do you say it? Sundere. He's a male Sundere. <laughs> yeah, he's an old man Sundere. I guess so. Like that makes sense. He's like, are you home yet? It's not like I like you or anything. His story thus far is really interesting in his own like. From separate from you issues. So your your starting persona is Lupin the Third, and if you look at the artwork for the mean old man dad, he basically looks like the gunman from Lupin the Third, the anime. I didn't know that. Interesting. And um, Panther, she makes a she has like a short speech in one of her persona like her social link conversations where she talks about how Fujiko Mine, the the lady thief from Lupin the Third, is like her mm-hmm. idol. Lupin shit comes up a lot. Like, there's Lupin, the novel that those are based on, like, the character is based on, um, is, like, on your big finals exams in the first big test. Wow, um, what a weird, what a weird school. Hey, guys. Let's, yeah. let's take a break. Okay. Persona. 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 Fuck you. Persona. Persona. Welcome back. Persona. Welcome back to the Johns Cast, the number one podcast about Johns. Uh, like and subscribe. It's a good one. And, and download a lot of times. Yep. Smash that like button. Very <laughs> really good. Tell I'll your smash friends. Smash like button one time because I think it undoes it if you smash it. We'll just smash <laughs> it an even number of times. Just fire away. Guys. Or an odd just... number. Don't wear out the buttons, guys. So, uh, so... Except the download one. We're out that one. Yeah, so now it's time for our favorite part of the show, and your favorite part of the show. Uh, well, our two favorite parts of the show, really. Uh, first part is the Ask the uh, Audience segment. You know, every other show, it's like the audience asks the host stuff, but that sucks. So instead, we ask the audience. Yeah, it's lame. Yep. 
So, uh, so f- dumb. dumb. So, for instance, uh, last episode, we asked the audience what your favorite color is. And, uh, and we got a response from Jerome, Jerome Ellsworth, our most loyal listener and writer in her. And, uh, Still in. Yep. And uh, so I'm going to read his letter. He says, Hey, Johnzos, my favorite color is poop brown. Well, ghost emoji, Jerry. So uh, thanks for that, Jerome Ellsworth. That was it's a good response. Yeah. My favorite part was the poop. Yep. Speaking of ghost emojis and the topic of poop, mm-hmm. like a ghost poop where you poop and then there's not like really anything to wipe. Yeah. Well, that, that's what that's what Jick calls a of a, a video games hot dog. Jick slash Zach of video games hot dog and Kingdom of Loathing and West of Loathing, etc. Uh, he calls those perfect butthole moments. <laughs> <laughs> that's really good. Very nice. And um, there's a there's an extended like 20 minute segment in one of the old advice hot dogs about perfect butthole moments. <laughs> I miss advice hot dog. Me too, man. Me too. I actually re-listened to old ones that I haven't re-listened to since, like, five years ago. Um, Sometimes. Yeah, it was a good show. Uh, Maybe we'll copy it someday, just like other people are now copying our stuff. (laughs) All right. Yeah. All right, so, uh, so Rami, I believe you had a question to ask our audience this week. I do have a question. Um, it's about uh, 9.45 right now, and I haven't eaten dinner. Mm-hmm. So my question is, uh, what should I eat for dinner? Audience, please write in, call in, and tell yeah, me write in quick. later <laughs> yeah. what I should have eaten for dinner tonight. <laughs> That's uh... we'll, cap, we'll, we'll pass your messages on to Rami, so don't, don't worry. Um, you, you don't have to wait till the next time he makes an appearance on the cast for him to find out what he should eat for dinner. Uh-huh. And, and assuming he hasn't starved to death in indecision. No, I'm going to eat and I'm going to eat like whatever okay. I want. This is just a question of what you should have eaten instead. Yeah. All right. Very good. Uh, I like every decision I make to have like a the stench of regret on. It. So like if someone <laughs> writes in with like a really good suggestion, I want to feel bad about my choice. See, I. I... <laughs> I feel like all my decisions are just coded in the stench of regret, but I don't like it. That's my problem. That's, that's how you've transcended me, is, is that I just hate that and hate my life, but um, if I could learn to like that regret, that would be that would be the secret. Very good. Uh, all right, so uh, write in at johnscast at gmail.com. That's J-A-W-N-Z-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. And uh, good, good question, Rami. And uh, also, our much anticipated and best and most beloved segment, uh, which is wait, I'm blanking on it. John's What's our best segment? Is it, is it John's? <laughs> oh no, it's reviews. Oh, reviews. It's reviews. Reviews, guys. Oh, we're gonna review yeah. our thing. Oh god. What are we reviewing? So we're, our the... special guest, Rami, he's got. He's got a review. Just I thought you were saying we were going to review our special guest, Rami, and I was like, <laughs> no, oh. That's a really good idea. Maybe that's... we should do that for our review next week. Graphics. Oh, shit. <laughs> Graphics. One so this week I wanted to... Go ahead. 
<laughs> I wanted to review the uh, new season of Samurai Jack that's airing on mm. Adult Swim right now. Um, the problem... So it's already started. I knew it was coming. Yeah, it's like a good three, four weeks in now. The problem is that I haven't seen the uh, new season of Samurai Jack that's airing on Adult Swim you right now. You must be new to the John's cast. <laughs> um, I mean, remember, we do not watch... We don't read the articles. Like, that's not our style. We don't okay. get brainwashed. Here. I'll use my you know, intuition. Like, yeah, yeah. Use the purity of your intuition. Don't let Samurai Jack Season 3 brainwash you about your results of your review for Samurai Jack Season 3. Okay. So what are the what are the categories I need to review this by? Graphics, probably the most important. Okay. Sound, gameplay, replayability, and, I don't know, any other one you're feeling. Those are like these. And your overall score. So graphics are the way it looks. Is it 3D? Well, in my cognition, the way it looks is nothing, because I've never seen it. That sounds awful. I think it's 3D. I think it might be in, like, 1.5D. That sounds like... That's even worse than 2D. <laughs> it's like trying but failing really bad, you know? Yeah, yeah. What? So what number? you got to come up 1 to 10 number scores. Oh, I'm, I'm going to go, like, banana. Gee, banana. What, is that, like, a 2? What shape does a banana most resemble? Like a Probably yeah, a one. yeah. Like a like a one that got tired and is like leaning against a tree. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. That's good. Uh, gameplay. Not a video game, so zero. Okay. Like that's, one. You know, what's the lowest score? A, that keeps coming up and yeah, it keeps bringing bringing things down. The that's average. A, yeah. a dark review. Yeah. That's wow. How about the sound design, bro? How you feeling about the sound? Sam, Sammy Jack 3. Right, the words please me in many ways, like Samurai Jack. Mm, like I want to get back back to the past Samurai Jack. Well, I kind of want to set like an earpiece in my ear and like someone whisper the words Samurai Jack. Like as I fall asleep, you know? <laughs> I mean, as you said that, it sounded really good. It really did. Yeah. yeah. It's got some good cadence. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give that a good, a solid 7.3. Alright. Okay. Great. Replayability? Uh, replayability, yeah. You will die if you watch it more than once. <laughs> oh no. Oh. <laughs> but is that, a, is that a good thing? Yeah, yeah. How are you cashing that out? I Anything mean, that numbers. hastens the... Uh, you gotta keep this objective. The sweet release of death. <laughs> I'm gonna give that a solid 9. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Very good. All right. So, uh, so what, what's your overall score yeah. for Jack season three? Um, well, it is the third season, so it gets a three. Okay, there you go. Right. It's got three in the name. I mean, what else? Could it I actually be? don't think it's season three. I think it's like some some other number, but you know. Yeah, it's probably still three. Y- you know, maybe even what your score is averaged out. To. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Not a coincidence. Um, so, so in conclusion, it sounds like it's it's not a not watch it, but it's definitely a don't don't watch it watch twice it. and kill yourself. Yeah. Oh, there yeah you well, you can only watch it you can only watch it once if you want to keep living. So choose your time to do so wisely. Like, don't be too sleepy or drunk, <laughs> or do if that's what you want. Just know know what you're getting yourself into. Uh, so, if you like, have to rewind a bit. 
and then um, watch a segment again? Like, is that dangerous to your health? The guy just comes and takes your finger. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes, don't sneeze or go to the bathroom or anything in it either. This new season of Samurai Jack is, like, exactly proportioned. Like, the number of minutes in the season is exactly proportioned to the amount of body body mass you have. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, this is creepy. If you went went minute by minute, they would just take, like, chunk and chunk. (laughs) Until there was simply a single chunk left at the last minute. A pound of flesh. Yeah. What's in the box? It's Samurai Jack Season 3. <laughs> well, there you go, folks. Buy Samurai Jack Season 3. Season 3. But Four. don't watch it twice yeah. unless you want to. And uh, Trick your friends into watching it twice. <laughs> Great, Jake. And also trick your friends into downloading, liking, subscribing, and reviewing the Johns cast on iTunes. And, and tricking their friends into tricking their friends into this as well. Yeah. Fun fact, if you listen to our podcast twice, you also die. <laughs> Not true. Especially if you download it multiple times. Actually, if you download it multiple times, I mean, this is not FDA approved because it's a supplement, but um, I keep hearing you might live forever if you keep downloading it. So, <laughs> I heard that Steve Jobs crawls out of your TV and force feeds you juice. <laughs> Doesn't that sound great? Remember, kids, Download again. <laughs> Bye. 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 Persona. 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 All right. Persona.